Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hour number two, Oilers Now, Bob Stoffer in studio. Eleven years ago today, Oilers Now launching on 6.30, Chet. And it was on a Monday. That's the sort of useless, superfluous information this show is known for. Oilers Now brought to you by Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott with you. We've been talking a fair amount about Patrick Kane. Uh, we're going to talk about Kane, Jackie Sherrill, the Pitt Panthers, Dan Marino, Penn State, all in the next hour. Because Jack Michaels, Oilers television, regional voice for NHL Hockey and Rogers, and also with the Oilers Radio Network, as well as Guy Gadowski, uh, the head coach at Penn State, will be joining us. You can text us anytime, 780-496-0063. On the Ashley Fine Floors text line, get the new floors you've always wanted. Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. And you can reach us uh, on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline. That's where we're going next. 780-496-0063, the River Cree Resort Casino. Excitement, bet on it. Two texts right now on Patrick Kane. Here we go. And Reseto and Nelson says, Bob, can we pencil in Pat Kane? I disagree if John Shannon. Kane would put the Oilers over the top. That top six would be hard to stop, and their defense is more than capable. On a side note, uh, what would it take to get rid of the LTII money? Then we can use roughly $6 million to pick up a good D-man. Well, that's not how LTIR works. So... Uh, that's not how it works. Don't worry about it, Andresito. They, they'll, they'll just leave it on the books. Um, and uh, Mike says, dream on, Bob. Why are you pushing Patrick Kane so much? Giving away a first-round pick and many others. Rentals without term don't historically work. Very unwise and hope Ken Holland won't even consider such as the draft is very deep next year. Well, and there's the different perspectives. Some are saying go make it happen. Others are saying no chance. Uh, my question that I'm going to open up with Jack Michaels, who joins us uh, down in the state of Pennsylvania. Hello, Jack. How you doing? Good, Bob. I uh, appreciate the fact you've got Guy Gadowski on as well today, and I'm hoping that you can request a rate for Cali to attend Penn State University hockey games this fall and winter. Does she want to do stats? <laughs> hey, you know what? She she can be bought. There's no question about that. She's looking. I'm sure she'll be looking for a job sooner rather than later. Well, we should maybe uh, explain to the listeners what's going on with Callie if they haven't been able to read through the, and why you're down in Pennsylvania right now. Yeah, no, exactly, Bob. Uh, last week I dropped my daughter off at college for her uh, first year, main campus of Penn State. There are numerous satellites, not uh, dissimilar to what the University of Alberta has, but she's uh, starting on the main campus. So she's going from a, a city of about 90,000 in Sherwood Park to a campus community of about 50,000 in Happy Valley. Uh, now, if I recall correctly, even though you're from Western Pennsylvania, you were not a fan of Penn State and Joe Paterno's program. Uh, you were more of a Pitt fan, weren't you? Well, yeah, exactly, and that's because I am from Western Pennsylvania. Uh, State College is located a little bit more towards the central part of the state. Uh, it's really kind of a community unto itself. There's not much there outside of the university. Uh, you know, Pennsylvania is often described as 
as Pittsburgh, Philly, and, and backwoods in between, and, and State College is part of that uh, kind of soft middle uh, from the six hours that separates Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. So, yes, I absolutely was. Uh, to kind of tie up your loose ends left at the beginning of this segment, a Dan Marino, Jackie Sherrill, Pitt football fan in the early 1980s. So Steel Buck 6, that's the name of the guy that has put all of these college football games from the late 70s until the early 2000s. They're available on YouTube, and he's uh, eliminated the huddles and cut it right down. Uh, they're about 35 minutes each. Jack, I, I saw a lot of quarterbacks. Uh, th- you know, over the years, and as you know, I have a huge passion for college football, and uh, have a bit of a connection with some people at Brigham Young. Uh, Steve, Jim McMahon, and Steve Young were pretty good in the late '70s and early '80s. But when you watched, even when Penn State blew out Pitt, when Pitt was number one in the country, I think it was like '82, maybe '81 80, or '82. 80. I I was in the stadium. I was oh, at really? Pitt Stadium. The Panthers led 14 nothing after the first quarter. The final was 48 to 14. For Penn State, they came back and won. I never saw. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about you, but I never saw a quarterback uh, of that era have the snap on the like just in term like the delivery that Marino had. It was Jack. It was like there is a lot of guys you'd watch them and you go like Buck Ballou was the quarterback at Georgia with Herschel Walker. You go that guy's not a quarterback. He's just a guy that can run a little bit that's flicking balls out there. Uh, Steve Young, all right, he was a legitimate guy at the NFL level. That goes without saying. But you watch Dan Marino and man, that release it was something. Well, and and back then, of course, you didn't have access to the West Coast as much. But, you know, most people will tell you that that John Elway was far and away uh, the best prospect they had ever seen. And the problem was he played for a very low-profile Stanford club that actually finished under 500 his senior season. The thing with Marino is he had a terrific junior year in spite of that loss Uh, You know, he had a terrific junior year in 81. He actually ended up beating the defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs in the Sugar Bowl. And then the 82 game against Penn State, where, again, the Nittany Lions rattled off 48 unanswered. That was part of a tough senior year for Marino. He didn't play well. He threw more picks than touchdowns, and he had five interceptions in that game against Penn State, Uh, a big reason why they, they got blown out. So it's funny going into that draft that everyone talks about how it it got bookended and how could you pass on Dan Marino. But uh, there were not only questions about Marino off the field, which turned out to be just a bizarre rumor that that never was well-founded, but there were some on-field questions because he had a lousy year. And part of it was Pitt's receiving core wasn't the same group from 81, but he did not have a great season. Uh, John Elway, in spite of a lack of team success, had a terrific year and probably would have been even more of a name had Stanford made a bowl that year. Of course, the reason they didn't make a bowl that year, Bob, might be the most famous play in college football history. It turned their record from 6-5 and five to 5-6, and, and as you know, 
the band was on the field. Right, the uh, Stanford marching as Cal took it in the end zone. Jack Michaels joining us, television play-by-play -play voice of the Oilers, and he's in Pennsylvania, and there's really no way to, I mean, you know what, hockey in Canada to me is like college football in the southeast, and, you know, Penn State's tried to bounce back a bit, obviously, after the Jerry Sandusky scandal and uh, all that went on, and we've talked a bit about that with Guy Godowski just in terms of the challenges re recruiting, but uh, it, it is it is really it, it is really the the ESPN 30 for 30 Elway to Marino spectacular interesting on Marino uh, Penn State's quarterback Todd Blackledge did he not go ahead of Marino in that draft? Well ahead, I believe he was a top 12 pick, yeah. and uh, you know even Blackledge was wondering you know why he was selected ahead of Dan Marino, but. Remember, it was Penn State that won the national championship that year, again, at the expense of Georgia. Right. Uh, Pitt and Penn State beat Georgia in back-to-back -back Sugar Bowls to finish off Herschel Walker's career. But, uh, you know, Penn State is a fine university. I mean, it is, you know, there's there's no excuse for what transpired there. Uh, but in terms of, of what the university has always represented in the state, uh, in terms of, Top flight you know, school. just... It's a top flight school, and it's a school that has so many programs, Bob, uh, many incoming freshmen who, who aren't that sure of what they want to do. That's, that's the appeal of a school like that because there are so many branches. It's a magnificent campus, and I just hope they take care of my daughter. Well, it'll, it'll, it'll go well. There's no question about it. All right, let's switch focus a bit. We talked a lot, of, uh, and I, you know, you and me could talk. We, we, could, we could do an entire show not about the Oilers, like do a podcast. I know I could sell it because I've already got the clients lined up to do it, but we are privileged to cover the Oilers on a day-to-day -day basis. The Calgary Flames swung back Jack in a big way. Uh, full kudos to Brad Trailiving, first getting Huberto and Mackenzie Weger, and then getting Nazem Kadri. I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Well, you know, the, the intriguing thing about the Calgary Flames is how it's going to go on the ice because on paper it looks like they've ably you know, filled some major gaps. But as you know, Bob, you know, I, I believe hockey is a little, you know, unlike baseball in the sense that it's tough to go out and collect talent. And and even what you're seeing with the New York Yankees right now, it's interesting. Uh, they're they're having trouble, and they've they've added a number of pieces at the deadline to to try to rescue them from a bit of a slump, and it, it just continued to go south. And they're a collection of players. Uh, Calgary, you know, whatever criticisms yet may have had of Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk as players, and especially this past season, they were few and far between. But the bottom line is, is they grew up with that club. You know, they played six, seven, eight years with that team in that organization. And along with, you know, some complimentary pieces uh, like, like Michael Backlund that, that were there for a number of times, they were able to kind of indoctrinate guys like Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin and, and make them, you know, part of that core group as well. Now, in one fell swoop, they've really got major turnover. Now, they've got major talent to go along with that turnover, but how will it all mesh on the ice? Uh, because, you know, that, that closely knit chemistry unraveled quickly in the Edmonton series. So one could argue, you know, maybe that, that formula wasn't going to work. 
what's going to be enough to get Calgary over the hump. On the other hand, they did have a terrific regular season. And unless you have success in the regular season, you cannot have success in the postseason. So for Calgary, the real intriguing aspect of this season for me is how quickly all that individual talent will mesh on the ice so that they can have the kind of regular season that sets them up for the postseason. Because, you know, again, if if you enter, you know, as a low seed, you can do it. I mean, the L.A. Kings have proven it. But uh, there's there's going to be some fearsome opposition to contend with, and and home ice could be a major factor. So uh, I'm, I'm real. I agree with you. I think Brad Trey Living has done a magnificent job in evening out the talent in, in terms of what's gone out and what's come back. Now it's how quickly they can develop a certain chemistry, and will that mix, in fact, be the be greater than the sum of the previous parts when Gautreaux and Kachuk were part of the group. Jack Michaels joining us uh, down in Pennsylvania right now. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. So, Jack, it's my belief that uh, the Oilers aren't done trying to improve their team, and this is going to be an ongoing situation. And there's one name that's out there, and that's Patrick Kane. And uh, you know what? I say, why not take a swing? you got to at least investigate it. I'd like to get your thoughts. I mean, there would have to be a couple pieces moved out. The real dollar value and what Kane's still out on his contract is $2.9 million. As a result, that makes getting a third team involved with Chicago retaining half uh, perhaps more palatable because you'd just be giving up a pick for them to eat a little bit of money. Would, would your appetite be there to at least investigate to see what uh, uh, the cost would be to procure the talents of Patrick Kane? Well, you'd be foolish not to. I mean, if, if Patrick Kane is in play, you can't just say, well, no, I'm not interested. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but... You know, it's not like the guy is, you know, 40 and has tailed off or even, you know, younger than that and has had a series of seasons where the ability seems in, in steep decline. Uh, I feel like Kane's production, in spite of the wins and losses lately, ha- has been right there. I, I haven't seen much of a fall off. And he is, you know, played with some guys that, <laughs> you know, quite frankly, their ability – does not match that of his own. Uh, I think you have to take a look. Uh, This guy still isn't even 34 yet. He is tough to hit. He has not been injury-prone, Bob. It's not like, you know, you're taking on a guy who's coming off a a major injury or a series of injury-plagued seasons where he's missed a number of games. This guy has been durable. He's been productive. And by all accounts, in our conversations with Duncan Keith, you know, a very good teammate. So why wouldn't he fit in, and why wouldn't you investigate whether you could find a way to fit him in? It's interesting, Jack, because we got a lot of people saying, no, you got to focus on spending the assets on defense, which is a fair perspective. I know that, uh, you know, uh, we got tipped off on Zach Hyman in large part by Brad Holland. Uh, Warren Fogle was also a player that was targeted to help, you know, give the Oilers some net drive further down the lineup. And there was. Not when you're trying to win one championship, Bob. You know, I, I agree with you. Take a swing yeah. and win the one. 
because history has shown us as soon as you win the one, you've got another group of players who are all of a sudden even more interested uh, in joining an organization that's gotten over the Okay, and so and then I was a way to win the one. I was gonna just add on the defense, we heard multiple times last year, and again it was Brad who mentioned it to me on, on Kulak. He kept on saying that's the guy. Like he's not the sexiest guy out there name wise, but that's the guy that's and I don't know about you, Jack, but could Brett Kulak have been a better fit for the Edmonton Oilers since he came over? Like it was unbelievable how well he played. Yeah, I, I, I thought he was better than advertised, quite frankly. I uh you know, and, and now, you know, it's incumbent upon him to, to do it over the course of an eighty two game season, but I absolutely feel that especially with Darnell Nurse compromised, he really stepped up and played elevated minutes and proved he could do it. Now, you know, he's going to be in a role where he's not just doing it for 25, 30 games. He, he might be doing it for the full 82-game schedule. So, you know, these are all levels that professional hockey players of Kulak's built go through. You know, you, you get that opportunity to be become a full-time NHLer. Then you get that opportunity to do it on a playoff team. Then you get that opportunity to play elevated minutes on a playoff team. And now you're getting the opportunity to be, you know, a, a core four guy on a defense that's supposedly uh, the backbone of a serious contender in the Western Conference and to represent the Western Conference at next year's Stanley Cup Final. Edmonton is now in that group, and you are now in a position to become a central figure on that group. Some players can handle it, some can't. And I think we're going to find out a lot about, you know, certain guys. Uh, a, a guy like Jack Campbell, you know, can he do it over the course of an 82-game schedule, stay healthy, and deliver the kind of minutes worthy of a Stanley Cup contender. There are going to be some guys in new roles and with new levels of responsibility this year for Edmonton. And it's not just Edmonton, but that's what ultimately I think separates the contenders from the pretenders. How many of your guys can step up and do it when it matters most? Jack, we're going to take this opportunity right now. Special shout-out to uh, Special Olympics Edmonton. Their second annual golf classic is going to take place. Uh, it's presented by Volvo of Edmonton, Mike Norris and the gang, and it's going to take place Thursday, September the 8th, out at Blackhawk uh, Golf Club. Of course, that's Al Prokop's place. Um, this is obviously, you know, Special Olympics is very special to a lot of different people out there. Uh, Selena Foster at the Special Olympics Edmonton is your point of contact. There's still a few spots a bit available and you can uh, reach out to selena at c foster at special olympics.ca you had fun with this event a couple years ago before the pandemic didn't you absolutely bob and i know uh you know you've you've been in talks there too and you know you and i have had a couple of conversations when it comes to this kind of event and then seeing some of the clips that you and i have been privy to and we all get excited because we cover the world's you know greatest athletes for seven to eight months during a hockey season. But I think you and I would probably agree with one another on one thing, which, you know, it, it, it sometimes it takes a while for us to agree on things. But I, I don't know whether there's more inspiring athletes than the ones we meet at this event and, and through the endeavors of Special Olympics, Albert. I mean, you know, in terms of the inspiration, in terms of how they make you feel, it's a different feeling. 
and it's it's really one that you know you and I like we don't get a chance uh, to do it as often as we like. Uh, but when you're, you know, and obviously there's there's a history there with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, but you know, being part of the community being means being part of of different sectors of a community. And I don't know whether you and I have found greater inspiration from a community, you know, that 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 rivals what we get out of that event with a Special Olympics. So I'm really looking forward to it because it's an event that benefits those athletes who, believe me, are putting everything on the line just like the world's greatest athletes that you and I see put everything on the line over seven to eight months. Well stated, Jack. Safe travels, okay? Appreciate it, Bob. Take care. You bet. That is Jack Michaels again. Uh, Thursday, September the 8th. That's a 10 a.m. shotgun start. Blackhawk uh, Golf Club. The Special Olympics Edmonton second annual golf classic. It's presented by Volvo of Edmonton. Mike Norris and his group there. And you can reach out to Selena Foster at Special Olympics Edmonton. That is C Foster, F-O-S-T-E-R at SpecialOlympicsEdmonton.ca There's still uh, spots and an opportunity to get involved in some wonderful stories. Uh, in that event as well. We'll take a quick timeout. 126 in Edmonton, you're listening to Oilers Now. Uh, reminder, uh, all year long, the Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. Trent Brown, the gang of James H. Brown. Uh, Trent Brown, former CFL All-Star, won a couple of great cups, at least one. He was on the 93 team. Probably the best football player the U of A has produced in the last 40 years. And uh, he, too, is a lawyer like many of those at James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. And they've got over 250 years' worth of experience. Again, you can text us, 780-496-0063. Nova Scotia Oiler fan says, I think we should be all in for Patrick Kane. The D is good enough. Nurse will earn his salary. Bush will be better. Broberg will be good. Well, that is the optimistic view. Um, Bouchard is going to hit the home run. He's a pretty good player. Once a year, we hook up with our next guest, Guy Gadowski, the head coach of Penn State Hockey. A bit of a Pennsylvania theme on today's show. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell.